Welcome to Next Steps, the midweek podcast from Blackhawk Church. Over the course of the 10 weeks that we're in our Rooted series, we're going to be responding to your questions about the message from Sunday or other questions related to the topic that was covered. If you didn't get a chance to check out Charles' message from this past weekend, you can find that on this same podcast channel or watch online at blackhawkchurch.org. Uh, so with that, uh, I've got Daniel Owen, pastor of Blackhawk Fitchburg here with me, and we're going to jump into to some of your questions. But Daniel, are you ready for this? How are you doing this morning? I'm doing pretty good. It's been a beautiful morning and a good start. Chris, it's always be good to be with you and to talk <laughs> about, you know, the things that we're learning. Yeah. I think, I don't know about you, but like, I learned so much more. Maybe it's because I'm a verbal processor processor. Sorry, listeners. But, uh, you know, sometimes I learn because it's like I'm finally talking about it, you know, instead of just receiving the information. So I'm excited to get to the questions and have good conversation. And I am not a verbal processor. (laughs) I I like to think and and clearly, clearly think through and write things out um, in advance. Not that you don't do some some of that too, but... Daniel comes in and he's like, "Oh, let's talk through all let's, these let's different things." This, and we man. have we should just press record from the, let's the just go. beginning of entering into the room because it's good conversation, but um but yeah. So here here we go. We're going to we're going to jump in with some all of your right. questions. Thanks again for for sending those in. Um yeah, so this week we're talking about the cross and mm-hmm. um mm-hmm. Jesus dying on the cross. Uh Charles had a great message tying the cross back to the Old Testament on Sunday. So definitely check that out. There's way more there. Than, um, than we can kind of regurgitate or talk through in this podcast um, and things that I'm still chewing on and, and kind of kind of thinking through. There was a lot of good stuff there. So um, coming out of that, we, we had uh, a handful of um, questions that I think will help take things a little bit deeper. So here's the first one. Is why is death the punishment or consequence or result of sin? Daniel, thoughts on that? Yeah. Why is death uh, and punishment the consequence, uh, the result of sin? I mean, I think, um, you know, I mean, that's in a short way, it's really what God has kind of deemed it that way, um, you know. And and when we think about Scripture, like we think about the fact that like in Hebrews 9.22, it says, in fact, that the law requires that, that nearly everything be cleansed with blood, and without the shedding of blood, there is no forgiveness. And so it seems like it's clear that the death, um, in of itself, is a part of the you know is a part of sin. And I know that even in Romans, what Romans six twenty three, for the wages of sin is mm-hmm. death. And so we see this just throughout Scripture um, that that is the consequence of sin. Uh, and what and also Genesis one, right? Even out of the Garden of Eden, like the separation brought on death uh, in their own life. And so that's really how God kind of deemed it from the beginning. Yeah. Yeah. I think Romans is really helpful here. I was thinking about Romans 1 um, and how a couple times in verses 24 and 26, um, it says that God gave them up or handed them over to the sinful desires of their heart. Um, So essentially he is handing humanity over to the consequence of our sin. Um, and even, even today, I don't think, you know, probably most people would agree with this, that when we sin or when someone sins against us, it leaves a wake of destruction mm-hmm. and ruin in its path. It wrecks relationships. Um, sometimes it can even even lead to physical harm or illness or, or that kind of thing for, for other people around us when, when we sin. So when sin enters into the world, when, when Adam and Eve choose that, when humanity chooses to 
to sin, yeah, the, kind of the ultimate end of those decisions and those consequences is a physical death. Um, but even as I was thinking about that, it's almost like it's almost like it's in God's mercy that there is a physical death. And I know that sounds weird to say, but like, so, so what I mean by that is that um, if sin leads to ruin and destruction, imagine being in that state for all of eternity, mm-hmm. like that we just continue to spiral downward and to experience um, the consequences of that. Life is hard, but when there's a physical death, um, there's an end point where we get to be re- reunited with with God. There's hope for eternity with Him. That these bodies of of ruin and destruction will be remade. That will mm-hmm. be given glorious mm-hmm. bodies and and, and yeah. live in e- eternity in in a different way that isn't. Um, uh, yeah, that that doesn't have to suffer the consequences of of sin and death and and that kind of thing. So I don't I don't know if that makes sense or if that that helps at all. But I kind of think like it's almost like in God's mercy that we don't have to live like this forever. Yeah. but that there's a different. I think point it does make future. sense, Chris. I think it's a good perspective because the doing away with sin leads to so much hope. Mm-hmm. You know, just like you said, if if everything was to just kind of if this was as good as it got, I mean. Yeah, that's not great. So, <laughs> so, so, yeah, I mean, the doing away with sin is just an important part of the hope to come. So, mm-hmm. I, I agree. I agree with you. Yeah, kind of the second part of that question was why couldn't God forgive or save people from their sins without Jesus dying on the cross? Um, what do we think about that one? Well, <clears throat> I mean, I'm sure if there was another way. Uh, he would have loved to have done it the other way, right? right? Yeah. I'm pretty sure Jesus was like, take this cup from me. Yeah, Jesus literally <laughs> says that in the garden, right? That's like, right. If there is any other way to, to do this, then, then, then do that, then God, do but your will be done. That's yeah. right. And, you know, Charles, I mean, we are so lucky here at Blackhawk. We have so many gifted teachers that just uh, just bring it all together. And, you know, Charles just really laid out, like, you know, the... The Old Testament really lays this uh, application and process out that this had to take place. Uh, I know I mentioned the Hebrews nine verse earlier, but that's that's you know what it is that we without the shedding of blood there is no forgiveness of sin, and so that's how it had to take place. And and you know I know we just kind of mentioned it, but it, if there was another way, I I'm sure that God would have gone that route, but He was willing to go the way that was necessary because of how much he loved us yeah. uh, and what that meant to us. Yeah, I don't, I don't know if it was C.S. Lewis or who said this. Um, actually, fun fact, when, when you're a Christ follower and you don't know who said something, just attribute it to C.S. Lewis. <laughs> Fair it, enough. That's usually what we do. <laughs> but someone said, like, if there were any other way for um, sin to be forgiven and for all that was accomplished on the cross, I think we're going to talk about that more in just a second. Um, if there was another way and, and the cross wasn't really necessary, then Jesus was either incredibly stupid or incredibly evil to, for Jesus to subject himself to that, for God to, to, mm-hmm. to still go through with that if there was another way. So, um, yeah, it's hard for us to fathom and to comprehend sometimes um, why it works the way 
that it does. But uh, yeah, we I think we can all trust that God is a, a good God um, and that the cross was a, a necessary thing in order yeah. for us to be um, yeah reunited with God and for, for all the things that Charles talked about to be accomplished through the power of the cross. Yeah. Well, let's look at another question here uh, we got. Uh, it says, if Jesus' atoning death and resurrection is the only grounds for salvation, then why does Jesus say to the paralyzed man in Matthew 9, your sins are forgiven, and the Son of Man has the authority on earth to forgive sins? He says this before he dies on the cross and without mentioning the cross in this statement. What do you what do you think, Chris? <laughs> I'm glad you asked that one, and I get to answer this one first. Um, yeah, the, the, great question. Similar to the 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 previous one. Um, so yeah, how can he say your sins are forgiven when the cross hasn't happened yet, and kind of that substitution or that transaction, if you will, hasn't happened yet? Um, yeah, I, I mean, I, I wrestle with that a, a, a little bit too. Of um, clearly there are moments in scripture, you mentioned one of them in this question where Jesus says, your sins are forgiven. I think there's old Testament examples too mm-hmm. of, of God, the father doing that. Um, and so uh, I'm going to say something that maybe it, I don't know, maybe it's a little controversial. Don't, don't go writing <laughs> Matt and Charles emails or something. Um, I th- maybe, maybe it is possible that like, I, I'm going to take scripture at its word and, and Jesus truly meant that the paralytic man was forgiven and that when God forgives people in the old Testament that they are for, mm-hmm. forgiven. So I think, I think that happens. I think that's completely within God's power and sovereignty to be able to, to do that. Um, even apart from the cross, but when we think of the cross and at the end of Charles message, he had those five different things that it accomplishes. Um, I think of the paralytic man and even if he was forgiven in that moment, he's still going to go about the rest of his life. He's still enslaved to sin. He still has evil in his heart. Mm -hmm. Something has to be done about our heart condition. Something has to be done about our ultimate alienation from God. Something has to be done about our alienation from each other. All of these different things that that the cross speaks to, um, the cross destroys the power of evil Mm -hmm. and death. All Mm -hmm. of that is still in the equation. Even if in these instances, God snaps his fingers and says, you're forgiven. Mm -hmm. Um, We still need Jesus' victory on the cross. We still need the power of what he's accomplished. Um, yeah, to ultimately destroy uh, the grasp that sin and evil has on our lives, to be reunited with him once and for all, all that kind of stuff. Am I making sense, Daniel? Yeah. What would you yeah, add to that? Yeah, I mean, you're, you're definitely making sense. And you're right. I mean, we see that in, in the Old Testament, I believe in Isaiah, in Isaiah 6, like, you know, his lips were touched and, and it says that God says that your guilt is taken away and yeah. your sin is atoned for. So this happened in the Old Testament. But I think it's always on the basis of Jesus' death ultimately on the cross. Pointing you know? forward to that right. happening. Like yeah. all the sacrifices of the Old Testament were a foreshadowing of what was to come. And it's kind of back to the first question we just kind of answered of why did Jesus have to die? Well, because that's how sin needed to be addressed. And that is how victory is really won, is through Christ, through the shedding of his blood for the forgiveness of sins. And so, you know, that's that's really how uh, that kind of takes place. And I mean, the really the point there in Matthew 9 is for uh, for the for them to know that only I mean they knew that only God could forgive sins. So when Jesus was saying this, he was really signifying, like I am God, 
Like I am that, I have that authority. Um, and that's, that's why that was so important uh, to those people as they were listening there. Yeah, that's good. So another question that came in and uh, yeah, really, really great um, thorough email and a bunch of questions kind of lumped together can tell you're really thinking through um, all of what Charles talked about and, and the ramifications of the cross. I'm going to try to summarize this into maybe kind of a, sh a shorter question, but uh, the email references passages like Second Corinthians 5, where one died for all and therefore all died. And First John 2, 2, he himself is the propitiation for our sins and not for ours only, but also for the sins of the whole world. So uh, Daniel, I think what they're getting at, at getting at is that verses like that make it sound like Jesus didn't just pay the penalty of sin for, you know, just for those who believe in him, but for the mm -hmm. entire world, kind of regardless of what they choose. So what do we, what do we do with passages like that? Did Jesus die for all people, regardless of the way that they're living or, or, or who they choose to follow or just for, you know, those that, that believe in him? What do we do with, with things like that? Yeah, I think it's a, it's a really good question. And, um, it's one that, honestly, a lot of scholars and a, a lot of Christ followers think about uh, myself. I've, it's one I've spent some time thinking about. I mean, when we look at those scriptures, I, I think of it like, okay, that Christ's, um, you know, atoning sacrifice, his sacrifice, his shedding of blood for forgiveness of sins was sufficient for all. Mm -hmm. so, so meaning like, yes, it, it covers everyone and anyone who puts their faith and trust in him. But it's more like it's made available to anyone and everyone. I mean, if we go back to kind of like how Charles said, it's, it's um, uh, the cross is a foreshadowing of the Old Testament sacrifices. Those people, there was a cost involved to them. Yeah. Like they had to bring something to the altar. Mm -hmm. They had to commit to something. Uh, in that sacrifice that was taking place. It wasn't like they were oblivious to it. Um, the priest wasn't up there just making sacrifices and the people had no knowledge of what was going on. No, there was a cost to them. And we see that's consistent throughout into the New Testament as well. Yes, Jesus' death and his blood and the shedding of his blood was um, you know, sufficient for all, but it still took cost and commitment from people to trust in him and put their faith in in what that act accomplished and who he was and obviously his resurrection to come. Well, it's so hard to not get to that part of the story, but yeah. I'm just saying what the cross did uh, still, you know, that is something that people have to, you know, kind of agree with and believe took place. And so, yes, it is for all in a sense that it's made available for all. Yeah. And it is certainly sufficient for anyone and everyone but there still is a commitment and a cost to the believer. And I think that's consistent throughout the New Testament. What, what do you think, Chris? Yeah, I agree. I think Jesus, um, we, we see that all, all throughout Scripture again, that, that Jesus certainly, he, he loves the entire world. He died for all people to give them the opportunity to, to follow him and to surrender their lives to him and um, to give allegiance to him. Um, but we still see again, all throughout scripture, even in, uh, you know, John three sixteen is mm -hmm. a pretty standard verse. Mm -hmm. God so loved the world that he gave his only son that whoever believes in him shall not perish, but have eternal life. Mm -hmm. Um, or I think of first John five where, 
Um, it says that whoever has the Son of God has life, and whoever does not have the Son of God does not have life. There's clearly a delineation mm-hmm. between between the two uh, people that have chosen to follow Jesus and those that haven't. Um, and even thinking back to Charles' message, like there's something there's something kind of mysterious that happens that when we choose to follow Jesus, our life is bound up in his, we are united with him. Um, and I don't, God doesn't, God doesn't force that on, on everyone. So even though he dies for all people, that's not like, you know, he's not going to make someone be united with him that wants nothing to do with him or, or, or doesn't believe in who he is and, and the kingdom that he's trying to establish. So, um, that might not be a very satisfying answer to, to this question. Um, but yeah, I think we clearly see, uh, all throughout scripture, the new Testament, especially, um, that people are called to make a decision to follow, mm-hmm. follow him or not. Even in acts, uh, our teaching team has been, pre- been preparing to, um, to preach that this fall. And we've been having a lot of discussions about that. Uh, Peter and the disciples are constantly calling people to repentance and to believe in Jesus and to follow him. Um, so yeah, again, we might not know all of the inner workings of how this does or doesn't work, but what mm-hmm. we do see is is Jesus calling people to make disciples and, and to follow him. And he's not going to force that on anyone, but um, those who freely, uh, yeah, choose, choose to follow him and surrender to him, he will... Uh, be united with them and and bind up his life with with them um, and give them yeah all of the benefits of of eternal life and all that comes with that. Yeah, that's great. Well, uh, final question here as we be- begin to wrap things up um, is this: It says, "I've been a Christ follower for years. So, how does or should the cross continue to affect my life on a daily basis?" What do you think? Yeah, I mean. <clears throat> As a Christ follower uh, myself, uh, I guess I could just speak personally how the cross has... has yeah, let's do that. <laughs> how, yeah, you know, just how how it affects me, not just something... You know, when I think of the cross, I, I'll tell you one thing. The thing that I've always just kind of found amazing, you know, I, I don't know you as listeners, I don't know if this happens to you, but do you ever just catch yourself just being like, wow, like... Like, he is really God because only God could think of this. You yeah. know what I mean? Um, I mean, you think about what the cross is. The cross is a torture device. It is something that was used to cause people to suffer immense amounts of pain before they died. Um, that's what it, you know, that's what it was. Uh, that's what it was used for even after Christ. But for us, it has become a symbol of hope and of power. How, how does that happen? Yeah. Like, who would have thought, let's take something that's a torture device and make it a symbol of hope? Uh, how, <laughs> who thinks of those things? Right. I mean, uh, I've heard it said, it'd be like one of us wearing like a chain with uh, an electric chair on it. Well, I left or, mine at home. <laughs> I mean, like, nobody does that. Yeah. Nobody's walking around with torture devices, you know, as like a symbol of hope in, in, that, in that way. And I just think, you know, something that's so dark has brought the light to the world. I mean, it's just amazing. And so for me in my own life, you know, when I'm going through hardship, you know, I look at the cross and I think about here's someone who knows pain further than I know it mm. um, and deeper than I know it. When I feel alone, especially if I feel alone from God, 
here's someone who has who's, who's been more alone from God than I think anyone else who ever existed. When, when, when God kind of turned away and allowed the wrath uh, of all of the world's sin to go on Jesus, he hasn't done that to me. So, so I think about that. I mean, I think about in those moments that I feel suffering or I feel pain or I feel alone, the cross is something that reminds me of God's, the, the, the reach of God's love, the, the, the willingness, how far he's willing to go, yeah. you know, how far he's willing to go and yeah. his amazing plan. I, I just don't, I could never have thought of that. Yeah, I love that. Yeah, when I think about this question, um, for the longest time, I thought that the gospel or the cross was something that happened to me. And like one night in 2004, when I decided to give my life to Christ, and that after that, I would get onto more like more serious doctrines of, of the faith, but the cross was was mostly relevant. Um, when I when I first be when I first trusted Jesus and, and kind of made that decision. Um, but, but yeah, I resonate with all that you just said that like, I, there's, there's not a single area of my life that the cross and the gospel doesn't continue to influence and change and, and impact. Um, I see what Jesus did on the cross and uh, the mercy and the grace that I've been given. It motivates me to, to also lay down my life for other people, for my family, for my kids, mm-hmm. for my wife, for mm-hmm. those around me um, and to serve in that way. Um, but similar to you, I mean, uh, it's, it's hard to answer all these different questions on, um, on these Q and R podcasts because I, I mean, newsflash, we are all in process too. Mm-hmm. We all That's have right. things that we're wrestling through. And so I, I certainly have a ton of questions and, and doubts and things like that. Um, but whatever questions or doubts I have, whatever hardship or suffering I'm going through, I can constantly come back to the cross and be reminded that God is good. Like it's this ultimate display of love that even if I, I'm not sure how all of this works or how all of that works, I look at the cross and I see, yeah, the love of the God of the universe poured out for me um, in the person of Jesus. And I can, I can trust that. I can trust mm-hmm. that God and I can, mm-hmm. I can follow him. Um, and as I, th- I think it's Frederick Buchner who says that because of the cross and the resurrection, the worst thing is never the last mm-hmm. thing. There's always mm-hmm. hope, um, even when we're, um, yeah, we're, when we're in the worst kind of, of suffering and, and moments in life because of the cross and what Jesus has done for us. Yeah. Yeah, it's so true. It, there is always hope. I mean, I think about the cross in a sense that like, he, he made a way. Like he made a way. Mm-hmm. And for so many of us, uh, for me and my life, for, for those of you listening right now, some of you may just be thinking like, I don't know how I'm going to get there. I don't know how I'm going to get through this. I don't know what, what's going to happen next. Man, he made a way. And we put our faith and trust in him. He will make a way in your life. He continues to make a way in my life. And the cross is a constant reminder that he makes a way. And, um, and so, yeah. It is a constant source of hope, you know, long after I first put my faith in Christ, long after the intellectual understanding yeah. of what the cross meant as a sacrifice. Yeah, more than all of those things, it is, no, God made a way and he continues to make ways in our life. 
Yeah, come on. We I, know, I feel like we're just we could go off just. <laughs> I know, dude. Now. I was like, can we just but, answer this question? I just yeah, want to keep talking about I this. Know. <laughs> but yeah, if you have decided to follow Jesus and and you are a, a Christ follower, the same power that raised Jesus mm-hmm. from the dead is alive and working in you and through you. So whatever sin you're wrestling with. There is power through the cross to mm-hmm. be healed of, of that and to um, be able to move past that. Whatever you're going through, whatever diagnosis, whatever situation that you're in, um, we have this this power and this grace and mercy and love available to us uh, because of the cross that we mm-hmm. get to, to wake up every single day and, and be reminded of and, and to let that motivate us. Yeah. Amen. Well, uh Man, I feel like we could just keep going, but we should probably <laughs> we should probably wrap up. So that's all for this week. Uh, thanks for tuning in to this Rooted Question and Response episode on the podcast. Um, so join us for worship online or in person on Sunday, and then we'll see you back here next Wednesday to respond to another round of questions. Have a great week. <laughs>